Tonight, a blunt confrontation between China's president and the prime minister as cameras rolled. The new diplomatic friction. There will be things we will disagree on. On the sidelines of the G20 summit. Xi Jinping wanted to send a clear message. On the ground in Doha and the grueling work for the World Cup. A lot of new roads. It's amazing. Final touches and the warning to visiting fans. Plus the start of a long-awaited lunar mission. Three, two, one. NASA's Artemis moon rocket launching a new era in space exploration. CTV National News with Omar Sachedina. Good evening, everyone. The art of diplomacy is usually carried out behind closed doors. But today at the G20 summit, tensions between Canada and China spilled out into the open. The leaders' planes were close together on the tarmac, but an encounter that lasted mere minutes exposed long-standing divisions that appear to be deepening with a major global power, accusing the prime minister of leaking information to the media. CTV's Annie Bergeron-Oliver reports from Bali. A rare moment of public disgust from China's president as he scolded the prime minister through an interpreter. Everything we discuss is then leaked to the paper. That's not appropriate. President Xi Jinping was upset with Justin Trudeau for sharing details of yesterday's 10-minute informal chat with the press. If there was sincerity on your part, free and open and frank dialogue, and that is what we will continue to have. We will continue to look to work constructively together, but there will be things we will disagree on, and we will have some yeah. Let's create the conditions first. The encounter may have ended with a handshake, but China experts say Xi's tone speaks volumes. Clearly, uh, Xi Jinping feels that uh, uh, Canada is a, a minor country. Uh, he, he doesn't have much time for uh, Trudeau. And this shows uh, how uh, it, complicated it will be to try to restore a minimum of... Uh, uh, relation. Those relations are in rough shape and have only grown worse since allegations emerged that China established ad hoc police stations inside Canada and that Beijing attempted to interfere in the 2019 federal election. Canada uh, trusts its citizens with um, information about the conversations that we have uh, in their name uh, as a government. China is still Canada's second largest trading partner, but Trudeau has made it clear he wants to increase trade with other nations in the region and take a tougher stance against Beijing, though Ottawa's full Indo-Pacific strategy has yet to be released. I think the, gov the Prime Minister went to the summit unprepared to represent Canada's interests and values. We've yet to have the Indo-Pacific strategy uh, from the government. Um, and that should have been completed long ago. Trudeau was left off Xi's diplomatic schedule that included official bilateral meetings with some of Canada's allies. Asked whether he felt isolated, Trudeau said there is consensus around the G7 table, Omar, about how to deal with Beijing. All right, Annie, thank you. G7 and NATO leaders blamed Russia today for creating a situation that led to yesterday's deadly missile strike in Poland. It now appears that rocket, which threatened to create a wider war, was launched by Ukrainian air defenses in response to a Russian attack. CTV's chief international correspondent Paul Workman explains. 
Polish police scoured through farmers' fields on the hunt for missile fragments and for answers about exactly what happened here. The sudden nighttime explosion that killed two village men and shook the nerves of people living safely, they thought, inside Poland. Yes, we're afraid, she says. This was very bad. Something hit and two people were killed, relatively young people. It left me weak at the knees, he says. At first I thought it was a furnace exploding, then it turned out to be a rocket hitting. After some initial panic, Poland now accepts the missile was likely fired by Ukraine in self-defense against incoming Russian airstrikes, calling it a tragic and unfortunate accident. There are absolutely no indications this was a deliberate Russian attack on Poland, said the country's president. Poland, he said, was not a target. Though he and other NATO leaders said Russia was ultimately and exclusively responsible for filling the skies over Ukraine with hundreds of deadly airstrikes as it did yesterday. It demonstrates that the, the war uh, in Ukraine, uh, which is uh, President Putin's responsibility, uh, continues to create dangerous situations. One thing that's certain is that the loss of life in Poland was a consequence of Russia's latest indiscriminate attacks on Ukrainians. Ukraine has yet to confirm the missile was one of theirs. It continued to express doubts even as NATO countries offered their strong support and absolved Ukraine of any blame. There was a serious concern this could escalate into a full-on war between NATO and Russia, but after an intense 24 hours, the risk of that happening has tonight been largely avoided, Omar. All right, CTV's Paul Workman in London. A welcome distraction from global conflicts will soon take place in Qatar, with countries facing each other on the soccer field. The World Cup kicks off on Sunday, and 32 teams, including Canada, are in final preparations. But so far, the unifying spirit of the beautiful game has been overshadowed by controversies in the host nation. CTV's Heather Wright reports from Doha tonight. With just four days until the World Cup begins in Qatar, last-minute work is being done across the city of Doha. It is hot, but nothing like in the summer. Or too much hot here. 50, maybe 50 degrees centigrade, temperature in Doha. Ranjit has worked in Qatar for 20 years, one of the estimated 2 million foreigners who make up this country's workforce and who have helped transform this city in the last decade. A lot of new roads, how this uh, city grew up is amazing. But the human toll of Qatar's warp speed development is still being calculated. Human rights groups say thousands of migrant workers have died since Qatar was awarded the World Cup 12 years ago. Qatari officials put that number at less than 50. But it's an issue few want to talk about. Here, people are staying focused on the football. It's very excitement everywhere. One of my favorite carpet, garden design. Muzaffar Bey works in a shop in the Souk market. Originally from Kashmir, he hopes the World Cup will mean big business for stores. We are waiting for this for a long time, and everyone should be happy. More than a million fans are expected over the next four weeks, and already 
It's a different tournament than in the past, kicking off in November to avoid that intense summer heat. The country is slightly relaxing its alcohol rules, but homosexuality remains illegal and freedom of expression is restricted. For many, it takes getting used to. The culture, the culture is 100%. You know, too much rules, different than us, but it's good. It's the first time the World Cup will be hosted in the Arab world and the first time Canada will compete since 1986. Reason enough for Canadian Chokri Ferris to travel from BC. Uh, this, this is amazing. This is like, yeah, I'm passionate. So uh, for me, just to have your own country going to the World Cup, just something else, yeah. Canadian fans traveling here are being advised by Ottawa to dress conservatively, behave discreetly, and avoid criticizing the government. Warning behavior that may be legal in Canada could carry a heavy penalty in Qatar. Omar. All right, Heather Wright in Doha, from where we will have extensive coverage of the World Cup when CTV National News starts broadcasting this coming Sunday. More than a week after Americans voted in the U.S. midterms, a critical result is finally in. Republicans have reached the 218 seats needed to take control of the House of Representatives from the Democrats, who keep control of the Senate with a narrow majority. And after Donald Trump declared he's running for president again, the New York Post appeared unimpressed with the headline, Florida Man Makes Announcement. Five states had legalizing marijuana on the ballot, but only Missouri and Maryland approved it, bringing the total to 21 states overall. Here in Canada, where cannabis has been legal for four years, the promise of a green rush is going up in smoke, according to producers, investors and retailers. CTV's Adrian Gobriel on the state of the industry. This retail cannabis shop opened for business just over a year ago. How much money did it cost to open this, this space? Around, uh, around 280000 But in 12 short months, 11 Costanyan shelves, once stocked with product, are now collecting dust as he's forced to close. I, I applied for all the licenses. I did everything. Why should I go bankrupt? Next door to Costanyan's store is an unlicensed shop that remains open and is selling product free of government regulations or taxes. There is nothing being done to close them. The black market appears now to be gaining uh, market share. Investors have lost more than $131 billion investing in publicly traded licensed cannabis producers on the Canadian markets. If you just broke that $131 billion of loss across individual Canadians, you'd be looking at $40,000 per Canadian. I don't know many, many Canadian investors who can afford to lose $40,000 individually. So door number 10, we have... Uh... Ooh, right. Flowering room, number one. CTV News gained access to this 10,000-square-foot unregulated grow-up. This facility has about 1,600 plants. They're grown for medical patients who say they can't afford to buy their cannabis from regulated stores. How many pounds of weed, roughly, would you say is in this room right now? Uh, approximately 50. Thousands of plants are cultivated here using medical marijuana licenses issued by the government to just four people. There may be government officials who look at this space and believe it's illegal. I would say it's not illegal. I don't know of this black market that you're speaking of. I know of medical patients that are supported from cooperatives like this. Though concerns are being shared that the eye-opening amount of cannabis grown by some medical license holders is finding its way to the illegal market. It's an industry that has been created by uh, the Canadian government and frankly set up to fail. 
A long overdue review of Canada's Cannabis Act is underway with the federal government claiming that part of their focus is to stamp out the black market. For Costa Nyan and so many other small business owners, it's simply too late. I got screwed by the government, 100%. Adrian Gobriel, CTV News, Toronto. Business owners and shoppers are all feeling the sting of inflation right now. The rising price of food has slowed, but gas and mortgage costs are up. The latest numbers put the inflation rate at 6.9%, the exact same as the month before. CTV's Ottawa Bureau Chief Joyce Napier on the hardships created by the high cost of living. There you go. Thank you very much. All right, what about some rice? As grocery prices remain high month after month, more Canadians rely on places like this one, the Caldwell Family Centre. We're getting new clients every single day. Even with that full-time job, they're finding that they can't make ends meet. Food banks are receiving fewer donations but helping more people. You can go without a meal, but you can't go without paying rent or paying your utilities. So we know food is often the first thing that goes away for a lot of people. Grocery prices are slightly lower than they were last month, but still 11% higher than they were a year ago. With the price of some staples going through the roof, like pasta, up almost 45% from last month and lettuce up 30%. Some things, they're so pricey, we just say, okay, pass, wait till it comes down. Pretty much every time you come um, the prices are higher and if it's not higher um, you get less. High prices, hard choices people were probably not making a year ago. But food prices like especially bite when the cost of other things are also high. Take for instance the cost of rental properties across the country. On average they are $209 higher now than this time last year. And the same goes for filling up your car. Gas prices are up nearly 18% since last year. And those prices are not likely to come down anytime soon. And while food giants are posting record profits, their customers are getting no relief. Omar? All right, Joyce, thank you. One of those grocery store chains is Metro, which in the days before the Emergencies Act was invoked, expressed frustration at the border blockades across the country. That revelation emerged at the public inquiry examining whether the act was necessary. And also today, a newly released financial toll. Transport Canada estimates as much as $3.9 billion in trade was halted because of protesters at border crossings in Coots, Alberta, Emerson, Manitoba, and the Pacific Highway in Surrey, B.C. And most of the economic fallout was from the six-day blockade at the Ambassador Bridge in Windsor, Ontario, which cost $2.3 billion. Time for a short break, but when we come back... This is the time to make sure we're best protecting children. More provinces weigh in on masking up. Plus, a Christmas wish denied for Mariah Carey. The early influenza epidemic and a cocktail of viruses are leading more and more provinces to recommend people wear masks in public, but they are so far stopping short of mandating it. CTV's Vanessa Lee on the debate. As hospitals across the country struggle under unprecedented strain, B.C. is the latest to say no to mandatory masking. I do not believe we need that heavy hand of a mandate to send a clear message that masks are an important tool. 
flu levels, which have been near zero during the pandemic, started to spike dramatically last month. We know that children often don't get very sick with it, but some of them do, but they can also pass it on to others. So this is the time to make sure we're best protecting children by getting them vaccinated. The province has activated a new system to address the surge in pediatric patients in hopes of preventing unnecessary hospital stays and long waits. In his first statement as Alberta's new Chief Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Mark Joffe recommends masking to reduce transmission, though Premier Danielle Smith has ruled out mask mandates. Emergency rooms in Quebec also are overwhelmed, buckling under a trifecta of illnesses, RSV, flu and COVID. Public health officials are strongly recommending masks in crowded public places, but not in daycares and schools, and they're not making it mandatory either. We are not at that point. I think that we could manage to get through this. Hospitals are being forced to manage with fewer staff. Currently, more than 3,400 Quebec healthcare workers are absent for COVID-related reasons. We're at the beginning of the season, and it's already so bad, it won't necessarily get a lot worse. The problem is that it could. On top of wearing masks, doctors are urging everyone to wash their hands frequently and to stay home if they're sick to ease the pressure on a fragile system. Vanessa Lee, CTV News, Montreal. 25 police cadets in a Los Angeles suburb were injured today, five of them critically, when a car plowed into them during a training run. 75 recruits were running in formation when a vehicle veered into the wrong lane and hit the runners before crashing into a light pole. It happened so quickly that just the people just saw it veer into them. They jumped out of the way, but the people behind had no chance because they never saw it. The 22-year-old driver, who was also injured, passed a sobriety test. Police say it appears to be a horrific accident. Jay Leno's doctor says the late-night legend is in good spirits after suffering significant burns from a gas fire this weekend. He was passing out uh, cookies to some of the children that were here today in the, in the burn unit. He's Jay Leno. <laughs> he's walking around and he's cracking jokes. And really uh, uh, an ideal patient. The comedian has undergone surgery across his face, hands and chest and will need another this week. Leno was working under a car in his garage when it burst into flames. Still ahead, a high flyer soaring to new heights. A 19-year-old Calgary girl has become the youngest flight instructor in North America. It was love at first sight for godly Mabel when she saw a cockpit at the age of five on a trip to the Maldives. All those little red and green switches on the cockpit, yeah, that's where I told myself this is what I'm going to be in future. Godly has 300 hours of flying time under her belt. Her parents say helping their daughter pursue her passion in India would not have been possible because of the expense, which is why they came to Canada. I am a proud dad that you know, I could help her to achieve her dream. Her biggest goal is to be in the captain's seat of a jetliner. Singer Mariah Carey has failed in her bid to trademark the moniker Queen of Christmas and even the acronym QOC. Carey has become synonymous with the festive season since the release of her 1994 track, All I Want for Christmas. 
but that didn't matter to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, which denied her application after another singer opposed it. Carrie also failed to trademark Princess Christmas. And to a place that needs no seasonal trademark, Christmas Island, Nova Scotia, where today an annual tradition continued for the 51st year. This 14-meter-tall white spruce is on its way to Boston, where it will be decorated and displayed in a downtown park. A tree is sent to Beantown every year as a thank you for that city's help following the 1917 Halifax explosion. After the break... And liftoff of Artemis 1. Blasting off and setting the stage for a lunar landing. For the first time in half a century, a space capsule hurtled towards the moon on a remarkable mission that began with 4 million kilograms of thrust and 15,000 people jammed at the launch site to witness history. Here's CTV's John Venvelli Rao. And liftoff of Artemis 1. On the one hand, there was the deafening roar from NASA's most powerful rocket ever. And then there was the roar of the crowds gathered in Florida watching history in the making. I'm telling you, we've never seen such a, a tale of flame. The launch of a 32-story colossus lighting up the night sky at just before 2 a.m. Eastern. And several hours later... Orion looking back at Earth as it travels toward the moon. A spectacular view of us, taken from a spacecraft built to carry humans, a sight not seen since the last Apollo moon mission 50 years ago. I wasn't here yet the last time we went, and so it's, it's really exciting to, for my generation. The Artemis rocket is named after the Greek god Apollo's twin sister. It deployed the Orion crew capsule now racing towards its destination, a 26-day mission to orbit the moon with no one on board except three test dummies. We'll only be about 60 miles from the surface of the moon. If all goes well, the plan is to send humans, including a Canadian, to orbit the moon in two years' time. We'll be the second country after the United States to send an astronaut to the moon. That's quite exciting. And by 2025, NASA hopes to once again land astronauts on the lunar surface, including for the first time a person of color and a woman. The morning's blastoff was overseen by the first female launch director, and at an event at the Canadian Space Agency's headquarters, people also gathered to watch. To see a spacecraft going to the moon live is just it's so incredible. Ultimately, NASA wants to build a moon base and space station and then head to Mars. With this long-awaited test mission, expected to finish December 11th with a splashdown in the Pacific. John Venavalli Rouse, CTV News, Toronto. And that is a snapshot of this Wednesday. Sandy will be here tomorrow, and I will see you again on Sunday from the World Cup in Doha. For all of us at CTV National News, thank you for watching, and good night.